All right, welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast, and today <clears throat> the legend segment is going to be about Jay-Z, and the reason I'm, I'm doing it about Jay-Z is because his birthday happened very recently, December 4th, happy birthday to Hova, and I was originally going to do it about Lil Wayne, but I decided to do it about this Carter because I just felt like the timing made a little bit more sense, and I haven't covered Jay-Z, it's the... We're coming towards the end of 2019, and I figure he's such a notable person that it would be a mistake not to go and talk about his career, especially when I have studied him so long. I mean, I, I've uh, I've read his book, I've listened to, to almost all of his albums, and his story is very interesting because he is a very dedicated lyricist, and you can tell that his persistence is... His persistence to him business is very peculiar, you know, because I, I don't think that there have been a lot of people, a lot of rappers who have entered business with the same kind of suave that he has. So Jay-Z overall, if I could summarize his character in this intro, I think that he is this magnate of hip hop, this, uh, you know, this larger than life figure. But he's also very influential in areas outside of the music, um, sports, culture, etc., you know business um even he's even done film before and you look at the trend where people are branching out more and jay-z has branched out quite a bit in his career and i i recall i recall early on when i was reading his book decoded i was young i remember i i saw this interview with jay-z and i thought man i, I really need to get that book i really need to, need to go and get that book and check it out and i've done a must read uh, one segment and I'm, I might have to do that again because it wasn't my best podcast I think I stuttered a lot <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back there and uh, redo it um, definitely read some things out of the book but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it straight and simple so Jay-Z as you know born in Marcy Projects came up his uh around around music and he was raised around soul records jazz records and he, out the gate, he was a very gifted young man. He was in advanced classes, and people saw that. They noticed it. And he eventually grew into, you know, selling drugs. He, he fell into the street life. And even at one point, he shot his brother over stealing jewelry. And, you know, some of that might be speculation. But Jay-Z, you know, like that that's an interesting story, too. There's also a story where um, Jay-Z stabbed a dude who was bootlegging his album. I, th I think it was a very notable person. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to have to double check this. I know this seems unprofessional. Who did Jay-Z stab? But Jay-Z, you know, I think that's the thing about Jay-Z. He's the type of dude, he could, he could stab a motherfucker and people forget about it. He could stab a dude and still direct Annie, which is hilarious. And I, I think that that's the that's really like a weird a weird thing where like his his legend just it it overshadows any misdoing he has ever done. You know, and it's really I mean, is it is it good and is it bad? Yeah. Let's see. The night Jay Z stabbed Lance Rivera. Okay. Okay, yeah, Lance Rivera. I knew it was someone, it was, he wasn't notable. That's why I couldn't figure out who this dude was. And I did not want to say Steve Stout. Steve Stout was at the end of my tongue and I didn't want to say that. You know, it's little details I, I need to work on. But Jay-Z, his, his legend, you know, overshadows uh, so, so much of the bullshit in his career. Even the fact that he did albums with R. Kelly. You know, there are definitely 
holes in his career we can look at but I don't really want to look at the holes I, I, I want to look at the legend aspect but I want to get that out there too I want to say these things just so it doesn't seem like I'm just going to give praise like no I do see Jay-Z has you know unveiled some uh questionable characteristics you know um such as when he criticized Travis Scott I talked about that as well you know um certain things so so I'm, I'm a critical person but at the same time I'm going to give respect where respect is due you know, everything he's done from the freestyle with Big L from Big Pimpin to um, Reasonable Doubt um, to, to the Blueprint to Renegade, all, every everything. Jay-Z has proved time and time again that he is a major staple in hip-hop culture. And that's something that's undeniable. And if you look at his early career, you know, when he was rapping with Jazzo, he had that really fast double-time flow. And... He would rap shit like I spit it, I rip it, and he would he would just go over the top. My my mathematics are calibrated. I'm aggra- he he's able to do these things, but at the same time, he really wasn't reaching um the the amount of uh he wasn't reaching an audience that was sufficient. And he realized this. He he realized the style, the imagery it isn't it isn't working for him. And Later down the line, you know, and that, and that was in the 80s. Jay-Z didn't release his first album until he was 26. You know, it, it's kind of interesting, too, because in this era where rappers are blowing up at 18 just from dropping a record, you know, Jay-Z really did pay his dues, and Rockefeller Records was all on his dime, all on his money. And that's what's really cool to see. You know, it, it was all, it was an independent thing, and he did lay down some of the independent blueprint and he did get distribution. And that was a really interesting thing about Jay-Z, this self-made aspect. And not to say he didn't do it alone. Of course, Dame Dash, he did have partners and he did have good producers around him. But the album I want to I wanna first talk about, of course, I'm going to go to the start. Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt is a very important album. Because there are songs on there that are B-sides that people don't really know that Jay-Z did that are really good sleeper tracks. And a couple sleeper tracks I need to let you know let you know of is uh, The Evils. <clears throat> the Evils, hands down, is one of my favorite Jay-Z songs, if not my favorite. It, it comes in close to Renegade. So The Evils is just so amazing. I don't know if I can call Renegade really a Jay-Z song. It felt like it was a Jay-Z song. It was on his album, but damn, I might have to put that. That's one of Eminem's best fucking performances ever. But back to um, The Evil. So The Evils is a song where the the Illuminati, you hear it. Uh, Illuminati is featured in the hook. And it it has a couple of samples. I, I think it's Snoop Dogg and Mob Deep. And it goes, oh, Lord, the what is it oh lord please can't you save me illuminati want my mind soul and my body um damn what is it yeah i think yeah the illuminati wants my mind soul and my body and jay-z he breaks down in uh, in this song what it's like when friends turn foes when when things can just switch up and just life isn't that simple anymore and i found the lyrics right here so dear god i wonder can you save me Illuminati want my mind, soul, and my body. Dear God, I wonder can you save me. Dear God, I wonder can you save me. Secret society trying to keep their eye on me. Illuminati want my mind, soul, and my body. Dear God, I wonder can you save me. I can't die, I can't die. So if you if you look at the hook, 
there's a lot going on here. You know, Jay-Z, if you read his book too, Decoded, he, he, there are layers to what he does. There are layers to what he, there, there are layers to the lyrics he, he puts down in his head that he writes in Sanskrit in his head or whatever it may be. But dear God, I wonder, can you save me? The Illuminati wants my mind, soul, and my body. So out the gate, he is coming with a, a very introspective message. He, he is getting people to think a little bit. Dear uh, dear God, I wonder, can you save me? Secret, secret society trying to keep their eye on me. And even right now, you know, we got people like, I, I think while I'm, a, while I'm recording the podcast, I need to put a sticky note over my camera because, yeah, we are getting watched quite a bit. And it's kind of funny when you look at things and how it how it reflects, how stuff from the past can feed into the future or it seems like a prediction. Same thing with how, you know, the Simpsons, they, you see all those YouTube predictions. Am I saying that Jay-Z predicted that? No. But if you go back into, and listen to this song, you get to see a side of Jay-Z that people really don't get to, that, that really wasn't popularized because this album didn't sell well. This album didn't sell well. And people, they, it, it's the opposite of Illmatic. Jay-Z, like, it's funny, Reasonable Doubt is the opposite of uh, Illmatic as in the sense of it is a great album an incredible project but fans didn't box Jay-Z in I I think the thing is with Nas he released Illmatic and then fans started boxing him in for the sake of nostalgia and I was on YouTube scrolling and I did see this interesting uh, you I didn't click it but it it did say did nostalgia ruin Nas's career and I did think on that I really did think on that and and Maybe it did partially. I don't think it ruined his career because Nas has one of the best careers in hip hop, undeniable. And I don't think Illmatic is his best album. And I know that's a controversial opinion, but it's his first album and it had such a huge impact. Reasonable Doubt didn't have that big of an impact, but it is a great growth spurt for Jay-Z. And then what he does after that is he continually improves and he's able to reach a wider audience. You know, uh, uh, He's able to... Get, build fans everywhere he's he's able to network and work with people more and i feel like a reasonable doubt is a great launching off point um for jay-z because it, it does go to show how far ahead of his time he was and that he damn near he did have to dumb it down for people to understand him more and he does mention it later on in his career how he how he felt like he had to dumb it down so let me read this the shit is wicked on these mean streets. None of my friends speak. We're all trying to win. But then again, maybe it's for the best, though. Because when they're saying too much, you know they're trying to get you touched. Whoever said illegal was the easy way out. Couldn't understand the mechanics and the workings of the underworld. Granted, 9 to 5 is how you, f- how you survive. I ain't trying to survive. I'm trying to live it to the limit and love it a lot. Life's ills poison my body. I used to say fuck Mike skills. I never prayed to God. I prayed to Gotti. So throughout this album, you hear the quotables. Like this is the kind of shit other rappers quote when they say, "I'm not, tr- I'm not <clears throat> trying to survive." I'm, like when J Cole said, "I'm not trying to survive. I'm trying to throw my mama in rides on um, the warm up." Nine to five is how you survive. I ain't trying to survive. I'm trying to live it to the limit and love it a lot. Life ills poison my body. I used to say fuck Mike skills. I never prayed to God. I prayed to Gotti. That's right. It's wicked. That's life. I live it. Ain't asking for forgiveness for my sins. Ends. I break bread with the late heads. Picking their brains for angles on all the evils that the games will do. That the game will do. It gets dangerous. Money and power is changing us. And now we're lethal. Infected with the evils. 
so this song is about corruption it feels like it's about corruption in its most raw form and jay-z he's so good at fucking expressing this he's so descriptive with uh his writing his lyrics and i know he doesn't write he does it in his head but it's not a freestyle it is somewhat he does structure it and I just if you, I just like this verse because to me this is one of the most perfect verses ever written in hip hop, and this is Jay Z's first album and it, it sucks to think like this shit was getting overlooked, like this was really getting overlooked in the time. And that's right, it's wicked. That's life. I live it. I mean that rhyme scheme alone. That's right, it's wicked. That's life. I live it. Ain't asking for forgiveness for my sins. Ends. I break bread with the late heads, picking their brains for angles on on all the evils that the game will do. It gets dangerous. Money and power is changing us, and now we're lethal, infected with the evils. Cause money can change people. Money money can change people so fast it's not even funny. But I I really wanted to highlight that song because my God, it's just it's so underrated. It's so underrated. Another one is, you know, twenty two twos. People know can I all right, people know dead presidents. Um, dead presidents to politics as usual. Um, coming of age. And uh, of course Brooklyn's finest with Biggie Smalls again. That is on there and um that that's a highlight record too because you have Jay Z and Biggie. Jay Z has rhymed with some of the best. We're talking about he's rhymed with Big L, Biggie. He's done record a record. He had a beef with Nas, and he held his own. You know, he held his own. Um, he and he to me he won he won most of those rounds, but I do think Nas won in the end. As far as respect uh, from from the hip hop community, I think Nas won in the end. But if if we really dive deep and look into everything, you you see that he started to. I think he just got better with time. To be frank, I feel like Jay-Z got better with time and his delivery became more crisp and his ideas became much more fluid and he was able to pull off concepts in a much, much more deliberate and detailed manner than he could have before. And Reasonable Doubt was beautifully executed. But I I, I know I, I know this isn't good, but I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to volume two because that... To me, is a really. I, I remember buying uh, Volume Two, Hard Knock Life by Jay Z, and Volume Two, Hard Knock Life. I I remember buying the album. It was released in the year I was born. So, yeah, shout out. And uh, this album to me it was is his most. It is his most star studded album, like in that time frame. Because let's see, this is his. Let's see. I don't remember. This is fourth album. He had a couple. So, in my lifetime, volume one. So I, I think he had two other albums before that. I think reasonable doubt, including. But this album is very star-studded. You know, you and and also this is the first appearance from Memphis Bleak. And the really cool thing is, quick story. Uh, I remember reading Decoded, and the one of the most interesting sections of that book is when Jay-Z uh, talks about meeting Memphis Bleak and saying that the dude ate four bacon cheeseburgers and, and then he went in and spit the verse. And it's really crazy to think that, you know, you know, this album does have big names, but you also have to respect the fact that he was willing to put a young dude who could spit on the intro for his album. A, a dude who, who didn't release an album. It, it didn't matter how hot you were, but I, I, I want to give that, that, that some respect right there. The fact he was willing to put a young cat on a record. 
But the story is really interesting because Jay-Z is saying, I can't believe this motherfucker ate that many cheeseburgers. Because when he said, hey, we're going to get some cheeseburgers, what do you want? And when Memphis Bleak said, I want four, he said, Jay-Z was thinking, is he fucking with me? Is he fucking with me? Is he going to eat four bacon cheeseburgers? Is this really happening? And you could tell like in the book, he, he remembered that instance because when you see his, he was a skinny, uh, Memphis Bleak was a skinny motherfucker. So yeah, I think if you're a skinny dude, you're a skinny guy. It's like, it's, I mean, I'm a skinny dude. I could put food down and people look at me like, damn, is that, is that real? Yeah. You know, it's real. So shout out to Memphis Bleak. Um, and, and you got, you have the hard knock life, the ghetto anthem where he sampled Annie and you have production from Swizz Beats, Timbaland. Uh, the the first track ha- intro handed down is produced by DJ Premier. You got Stevie J. Oh wow! I f- wait, Stevie J. Stevie J has a production credit. Man, that dude sleazy, sleazy J. Um, Irv Gotti, Irv Gotti of um, I believe yeah, he he did have a hand in Rough Riders, I believe yeah. Yeah, he no no no, he was Murder Inc. My bad, Jesus no. Yeah, he was Murder Inc. I believe um. Yeah, and Rough Riders. Yeah, he had a hand in Rough Riders. Okay, so Paper Chase. Uh, yeah, I mean Foxy Brown, but Jay Z did introduce her. You have J- Ja Rule, who Jay Z. Jay Z did help in introduce some people a little bit. You know, I I, I think Jay Z did help introduce some people. But DMX is on this project, early DMX, and he is so hungry. He is so fucking hungry on it. And you have Too Short, and a week ago again, very underrated Jay Z record. Go check that shit out. You need to. Um, you have the locks, Beanie Siegel, uh, Sauce Money. It, it, so it very much. I know. I know. I don't really like the Jermaine Dupri record as much. Money and a thing, but I this so so this album has a lot of features. Pretty much almost every song has a feature, and th- this was a very this well done project. You know there are I, there are songs I don't really like. But there are so many standout records, you know, that I really fucked with. So I think that is a good album to go back and check out. You know, it's it's definitely a very significant project in his discography. And fun fact about uh, the compilation, I mean, the Dynasty, Rock La Familia. Rock La Familia uh, I think that's where Kanye West first got his uh, start when he did This Can't Be Life. And I, that, that story was interesting. If you go back and listen to College Dropout, he uh, talks about how he, how he bit the drums for Explosive. And it was, it was really cool listening. If, you, if you're a producer or something, go back and listen to that record. It's, it's pretty cool, you know, putting two and two together. But let's talk about The Blueprint. The Blueprint, again, this is, I remember when I was young, I went to Best Buy. I still have it around here, but it was uh, The Blueprint Collection. And it had all of The Blueprint albums from uh, the first one, and then it had uh, the the double disc, the gift and the curse, and it it didn't have uh, the blueprint three. I did have that on on MP3 though. I just remember though the box set was so cool, and and the blueprint. Hearing the album, I, it gave me. I, I what I really liked is I I feel like I I got the chance to really listen to a full discography of of Jay Z. Like these artists, I feel like I've spent so much of my youth studying these guys, even though I didn't know I was going to be preparing for a podcast. But the the reasonable doubt is some of Jay Z's best work, if not one of. To me, it's my probably my favorite album by him, because it starts out with the rulers back, and and the production is amazing. Shout out to Bank, he produced it. 
And the production is so good, man. The production is so good. Jay-Z is at his most quotable on this album, you know, and and sold 427,000 the opening week. Probably sold millions of copies altogether. And then you have The Takeover, which was the infamous fucking kickoff uh, of the battle between him and Nas. And, and I wouldn't, maybe it wasn't the kickoff. There was other shit that happened before that, probably between them. But as far as music-wise, I think that was the kickoff, you know, for them to really go at each other. And yeah, dude, my God. Yeah, that, that again, geez, that is such a fucking brutal record. I'm going to have to do a podcast about best diss tracks and, and uh, notable hip-hop beefs. I also have a podcast about Bob Battle Rap coming soon. There's so much. Yeah, fun fact. I'm a huge Battle Rap fan. I need to start talking about that shit more. But Battle Rap, one of the most purest forms. But you got Izzo, Hova. Uh, H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. For shizzle, my nizzle used to dribble down in VA. And it's crazy, too. You, you And you also get to see, damn, Kanye was very... His production, my God, because he produced that as well. What else did Kanye produce? Heart of the City. Never change. Yeah, so, so Kanye West has one, two, I believe four records on the album. And then we also get production from Just Blaze, Timbaland. So, so there are some killers on this project. There are some really great... Producers and Eminem, by the way, underrated. Eminem is an underrated producer because he did produce Renegade. And and yeah, other standouts. You know, a lot of these songs are standouts. You know, um, Song Cry, Never Change, but Renegade. You know, uh, we need to really talk about Renegade. So we need to talk about Renegade. Okay, so Renegade is just a fucking my god. That that song. The lyricism on it, hearing that, how they went back and forth. And this is in, in, in the content. You know, the, the content of the song. My goodness, man. It, Renegade is one of those songs where it's it's probably, to me, it's one of the... It has to be top 50 hip-hop songs ever made for me. Top 50, maybe even top 20. Renegade exemplifies, you know, ultimate MC high-level craftsmanship, you know, on uh, Eminem and Jay-Z's part. But it's undeniable. Listen, you know, Eminem murdered that shit. That was Eminem's, Eminem's shine on that, his his syllables, his rhyme schemes. Jay-Z, though, I, we can't, though, we can't look past Jay-Z. We cannot look past Jay-Z, though. What Jay-Z did was really special, too. Jay-Z did something really special with, um, with his verse because he also he provides a different commentary he's providing a commentary somewhat a little different from jay-z he, he's he's explaining what it's like to you know to be a black man in that time to have to, to have to face like racism and and the judgment for being an artist and for being outspoken and i love that shit and it's you and eminem we're used to him being a rebel but jay-z you know he we we know he's a rebel but the the level he was willing to take it, you know, was much higher now. And I think Eminem being on the record maybe did provide a comfort zone somewhat. 
But I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to spit this. Motherfuckers, say that I'm foolish. I only talk about jewels. Do you fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? See, I'm influenced by the ghetto you ruined. That same dude you gave nothing. I made something doing what I do through and through. And I give you the news with a twist of it's just his ghetto point of view. The renegade, you've been afraid. I penetrate pop culture. Bring them a lot closer to the block where they pop toasters and they live with their moms. Got dropped roasters from botched robberies People crossed over Mommy's knocked up cause she wasn't watched over Knocked down by some clown when child support knocked No he not a, no, he's not around Now how's that sound to you? Jot it down I bring it through the ghetto without writing I bring it through the ghetto with This part is very significant And I want people to think about this Because he is commentating on white America Yeah they're, they're fascinated with his music But they, they wouldn't go through his neighborhood I bring it I bring it through the ghetto without riding round, hiding down, ducking strays from frustrated youth stuck in their ways. Just read a magazine that fucked up my day. How you rate music that thugs with nothing relate to it. I help them see they way through it, not you. Can't step in my pants, can't walk in my shoes. Bet everything you're worth, you lose your tie and your shirt. Ooh. But let's get into like the real fucking fire here, so damn like yeah but you the thing is jay-z his verses are underrated you know they're incredible too but it's just what eminem did was just really it was masterful so i gotta spit this real quick since I'm in a position to talk to these kids and they listen i ain't no politician but i'll kick it with them a minute eh no, <laughs> since, I, eh. since I'm in a position to talk to these kids and they listen, I ain't no politician, but I'll kick it with them a minute because they call me a menace. And if the shoe fits, I'll wear it. But if it don't, then y'all have to swallow the truth, grin and bear it. Now, the, now, who's the king of these rude, ludicrous, lucrative lyrics who could inherit the title? Put the youth in hysterics, using his music to steer it, sharing his views and his merits. But there's a huge interference. They're saying you shouldn't hear it. Maybe it's hatred I spew. Maybe it's a food for the spirit maybe it's beautiful music i made for you to just cherish but i'm debated disputed hated and viewed in america as a motherfucking drug addict like you didn't experiment now now that's when you start to stare at who is in the mirror and see yourself as a kid again and you get embarrassed and i got nothing to do but make you look stupid as parents you fucking do-gooders too bad you couldn't do good at marriage and do you have any clue what i had to do to get here i don't think you do so stay tuned and keep your eyes, eyes glued ears glued to the stereo because here we go i'm the sinister mr kiss my ass it's just a renegade yeah so yeah i need to work on that but yes <laughs> yeah man that, that can be a tongue twister at times but this whole entire song is fucking masterful this is such a highlight even on jay-z's side people don't give him enough credit he did kill it too but it's it's eminem also had a goliath verse it's a Goliath verse. You know, I had to hustle my back to the wall, ashy knuckles, pockets filled with a lot of lint, not a cent, got a vent, a lot of innocent lives lost on the project bench, what you hollering, gotta pay rent, bring dollars in, buy the bodega, iron under my coat, feeling braver, do rag, wrapping my waves up, pocket full of hope, do not step to me, I'm awkward, I box lefty, an orphan, my pops left me, and often my mama wasn't home, could not stress to me, I wasn't grown, specifically on nights I brought something home to 
quiet, the stomach rumblings, my demeanor, 30 years my senior, my childhood didn't mean much, only raising green up, raising my fingers to critics, raising my head to the sky, big I did it, multi, multi before I die, no lie, just know I chose my own fate, I drove by the fork in the road and I went straight. So... This verse, I, what I do like about the project, this, this song is a contrast between Jay-Z and, and Eminem because Eminem is more or less addressing the public and um, the community that criticizes Jay-Z, mainly, you know, white religious, crim, uh, white religious community. And they also crim, criticize Eminem as well. Well, I feel Jay-Z is talking about his past and his struggle and his verses are much more personal. And I, what I do like is that he is addressing, you know, hey, you you see this as this. You see this on face value. You think it's me just trying to be what whatever you think I am. You you th- th- he's trying to say you're looking at my music at you're listening to my music at face value, but you're not diving deep enough to truly understand who I am as an artist and to truly understand the events that made me. And Eminem, you know, he's really just addressing, hey, you know, we're artists, we we have our needs and we create what we create but that doesn't mean we need to be criticized and broken down by public opinion Eminem his my god yeah just the lyricism I mean we need to go back a little bit to that verse too Uh, we need to break this down a little bit so the rhyme scheme is so beautiful on on both ends you know but on both ends the rhyme scheme is incredible so let's take it back like I mean, it's just the syllables, you know, hear it, cherish, spirit, merits, hear it, lucrative lyrics, who could inherit the title, put the youth in hysterics, using this music to steer it, sharing his views and his merits, but there's a huge interference, they're saying you shouldn't hear it, maybe it's hatred I spew, maybe it's food for the spirit, maybe it's beautiful music I made for you to just cherish, but I'm debated, disputed, hated, and viewed in America as a motherfucking drug addict like you didn't experiment, and... I think he, he Eminem is trying to say, society, take a look in the mirror and really look at yourself. And Jay-Z is saying the same things, but they're just doing it in different ways. And that's what I do like. It, it is a coming, <clears throat> these, these two giants, these two Goliaths of hip-hop were coming together at this time. And that's what made it so special. Like, a record, th- this was such a legendary song. And I think Tal- Talib Kweli, it's one of, he said it was one of his favorite hip-hop songs of all time. So rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so and i'm just trying to highlight some of my favorite albums jay-z has done you know um the unplugged project is great you know it's his live music you have the roots um i want to skip past the shit he did with r kelly because i'm not going to pretend like i would listen to that shit it's pretty suspect that he did an album you know with them but it is what it is the black album is very good and i do recommend that you go and check out the documentary the documentary is really awesome and the I might have to actually play a little bit of footage from when uh, he went to go record with Rick Rubin. I'll, I'll put some of the audio in there, but go check it out. But it's really cool, too. The making of the Black Album is funny because that was the first time rapper said, hey, I'm going to retire. He was saying he was going to retire like he was an athlete so he could come back. And I think it's funny. I, I wasn't, like I said, I was a young man, but I didn't know what the hell was going on at the time. But looking back at that time period, you get to see how suave jay-z was where he pretty much decided to 
it's it's called scarcity. He wanted to create scarcity by saying, hey, I'm done. And that's why I think it's really interesting. But I want to pull up this footage of uh, Jay-Z in the studio with Rick Rubin because this is one of my favorite studio sessions ever. And he's recording 99 Problems. So let's get it. They say that's when it was at its best. Then they called the golden years. I know that's when I fell in love with it. Since this album is gonna be autobiographical, I had to go to one of the few people that could recapture that feeling I had when I was a kid. I got so much troubles on my mind. Refuse to lose. My nephews need new shoes. Cause they chew food like it's going out of style. So blah. Take that nigga for way back. I'm always strapped like night gears right here. Under the belt with one in the hand. Nigga, nothing to help. I want it with the feds. Anybody kill off for anybody thrill off. Anybody out there know anybody real off. Any modern hunger make any nigga deal off. Swat any hood they feel us. I don't walk around with a gun cause this is style. I walk around with one cause I ain't trying to miss my child. Till my unborn son is born. I'm trying to be around to let listen to the sound. My man, thank you. That's incredible. You, you may have to rewrite the third verse after this because you just took it. The whole song just went like this. Rick ain't normal. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know all producers have their idiosyncrasies, meaning, you know, quirks and weird shit. But he's just strange by strange standards. While we was downstairs doing hardcore rap records and shit, upstairs he had a bunch of people having koala leaves and doing some type of Tibetan freedom concert planning. <laughs> and when was the last time you seen a bison in a nigga's studio? Next to the Johnny Cash rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yo, this nigga had a, a, a Grammy. I told you. I was upstairs and the guy, Wahana, shit, he had a Grammy for best uh, producer of the country album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just this chilling. In the back somewhere. Nigga done LL, Johnny Cash, Beastie Boys. Over 20 years into his career, dude ain't changed. He got his own vibe. I mean, it's Rick. You gotta love him for that. You guys is late. I had eight songs already. I'm just playing. Hey, start this one up. Um, just pull back. I'm gonna leave holes in this that I'm gonna come back and fill in. Yeah, this is one of my yes. favorite parts. I got yeah. 99 pounds, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. 99 pounds, but a bitch ain't one. The year's 94 and the trunk is raw. In my rear view mirror is the motherfucking law. I got two choices, y'all. Pull over the car or bounce on the devil, put the pedal to the floor. Now I ain't trying to see no highway chase with Jake. Plus, I got a few dollars I could fight the case. So I pull over to the side of the road, I heard. Cause I'm young and I'm black and my head is real low Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know Am I under arrest or should I get some more? I wanna hear that Yeah, yeah cause I wanna feel in, I wanna feel in it, yeah I'm thinking maybe we start acapella with um, 
If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Bomb. Right into the first so I got the rap patrol. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's money. Back in the game, man. Yes, so. Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> All these records I used to listen to. That's right, so Mike D's in there these from the Beastie the Boys, you know. And this goes to show Rick Rubin. Uh, shout out to Rick Rubin for uh, having such a wide palette of uh, musical tastes. And he's worked with everyone from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Kanye West, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, LL Cool J. Uh, the list goes on. Plenty of rockers. You know, I'm, I'm blanking a little bit, but d- definitely, definitely a hell of a producer. And this is a really, really cool footage. And I recommend you go watch the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm just fortunate, man. <laughs> oh, you want to take this? Yeah, you ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Just to see the way he writes. Same there's anything like it. See, he doesn't write anything down. Yeah, he says it all. Yeah, he just kind of sits there, listens to the track, and writes a verse, and then goes and does it. Okay, let me do the cop over. You're going to hear your old voice. Do you want to hear the, uh... Uh-uh. You don't want to hear the effect? Yeah, and then it goes into a show and shit with Beyonce, but you know, Jay Z and then and then when it comes to legendary status, you know, the second half of his career, I don't think people have really highlighted that as much. You know, and and he also like this side note, he did have that collision course project with Linkin Park, which is pretty interesting. Really really cool remix album, but I can I can skip over Kingdom Come and uh, American Gangster. To me, like this was the real another resurgence of Jay Z um, with American American Gangster. Another personal favorite because the album has the intro with Idris Elba, but Prey is definitely again another amazing record by Jay Z. Something that you need to check out. You know, if you, if you haven't heard that by Jay Z, you need to go check that song out now. The production is outstanding, and Jay Z weaves through it very good. And the, I think Diddy did provide a lot of production on this, you know, which is which is definitely you know LV as well. He he did work with a lot of the same producers, um, just Blaze, of course, for uh, ignorant shit. Um, uh, no hook is one of my favorite songs when he, when he's just saying I don't need no hook for the shit. Success featuring Nas is also good. It just takes 19 minutes for a 
you know, the the song to really start because they're talking and shit. But it's a pretty good song, you know. Um, you have uh, American Gangster, bonus track, Blue Magic, another good bonus track. We have production from No ID, The Neptunes, Diddy, uh, Just Blaze, Jermaine Dupri, too. But some of the standouts for me have to be uh, Rock Boys, uh, Hello Brooklyn featuring Lil Wayne, another Carter. There we go. Shout out to Lil Wayne. American Dreamin', uh, Prey, and I have to say, Ignorant Shit, I already said, probably already said Ignorant Shit, but Blue Magic as well. So so this was a great resurgence for Jay-Z because he took the concept of American Gangster and it it's almost, he provided a soundtrack for that film, you know, and he provided, he, the way he capitalized off the release of the film, it it made so much sense, you know. And it was really cool to see what he did and how he plotted it out and how it came together conceptually. And, of course, you know, there's Watch the Throne, another great staple um, collaboration project. And, like, do we even have to go? I mean, damn near almost every song was a fucking single. So it was a very good project. Musically, it was Jay-Z getting out of his comfort zone, being a little bit more experimental. You have Ham, which is amazing. Otis. Lift off, uh, Paris, why I love you, gotta have it. No, no church in the wild, and we can't forget that this album was also a huge introduction to Frank Ocean. And look at where he is now, you know. So, so again, w- when you look at Jay Z's career, it's not always about him. You also get to see the people who have, you know, he has he who I won't say put on, but the the other notable talent he has worked with and what they have done. So that that's also a really cool metric. And Magna Carta, Holy Grail, that, to me, this is an underrated project. I feel like critics were very hard on it, but the production was pretty hard on the shit. I mean, you got fucking, I think they even had Travis Scott on one record. It's, it was really cool. You know, uh, Wonder Girl was on it, Hit Boy. Jay-Z did get out of his comfort zone. I know people uh, treated it like it was a promotion tactic for title, but it was a really good project to me. You know, there were definitely some filler ass songs I didn't really like, but hell, you know, it, it's what I cut off a few tracks. Sure. But overall did really enjoy it. And then we, we come down to the 444, you know, and 444 is his not, it's his old man album. If you really want to think about it, it's, it's kind of his old man album. Um, but wait, did it say vocal contributions? With additional contributions by Jay-Z himself, James Blake and Dominic Maker, Damian Marley, The Dream. Oh, I thought I saw R. Kelly. I'm like, he worked with him again? Jesus, that's suspect. But, you know, Kill Jay-Z, uh, the story of OJ, caught their eyes. Th- this No ID provided the production for this whole project. And, and that's what I like about this concept too. Just one producer, a lot of soul samples, and Jay Z even said that he brought um, a lot of his old, you know, f- a lot of his favorite songs growing up for No ID to sample. So it definitely has a home vibe, you know. Where uh, and, and the content, the way Jay Z did the videos, it's the, the thing. This album is definitely this is one of his standout projects, you know, and. I think what I liked about it, because this was Jay-Z accepting, you know, hey, I'm an older guy, you know, I've made mistakes in my life, and and this is who I am, you know, I'm going to put it out, I'm going to put it all out on the table and leave it at that, and then he had his collaboration with uh, Beyonce, Everything is Love, 
And I, I mean, it was a cool project, you know, and it had some some good songs. But I thought it, I thought they did Nas Dirty by dropping it when he he dropped uh, Nasir. Just being honest, you know, maybe he still has a little bit of spite in his heart. But overall, Jay Z, I just want to say, is a fucking legend. You know, you can't deny what he has been able to do, what he has been able to overcome, and the kind of artist he is. So respect to him, respect to his craft, and yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting. Just, just to see his trajectory, to see what he's overcome, and to see what he's still able to do in this music industry, and that's something really notable and worthwhile that people need to look at, and you should study him to a point, and even if you're not the biggest fan of his music, you should definitely study some of his ethics, some of his ideals, and just look into you know, even even his independent uh, record structure, I mean, how he got distribution, he is a there's a wealth of knowledge you know you can get just from checking out jay-z's projects so definitely go check it out you know check out his music show love and that's that's the thing i'm just happy i can do this podcast and express myself and talk about this kind of shit and just dork out but what's your favorite jay-z album is it 444 reasonable doubt is it um blueprint is it fucking kingdom come i hope not that's not my i know that that's that to me is the worst jay-z album kingdom come uh, personal opinion, you know, and I, I mean, like I said, I mean, Jay Z is still dope, but come on, Kingdom Come was not, I don't know, it, it just didn't really connect. That's all I'm trying to say. But I, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, I appreciate everything. And yeah, what's your favorite Jay Z album? Favorite Jay Z song? Do you think he's a legend? Do you do you like what he's doing now? Did you like his collaboration with Beyonce? Tell me what you think. And as always, keep rocking in the free world. Thank you so much.